Blog Talk Radio.
the word of God systematically and you know we had some errors um, bringing in the new years but that's okay God's word still remained the same I was able to communicate with the um, urban glory radio listeners but I really want to get that message out so we're going to do a one-parter and then next week we'll resume our, our I think our seventh division of uh um, the overcoming way And I think this ties into The overcoming way um, And I will be able to uh, Connect the dots If you will In this lesson Let's pray and not delay Get right into the word of God Father we praise you And thank you for this day Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We do thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Romans 5 says, Therefore being justified, verse 1, by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access. By faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work with patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh us not ashamed, because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God hath commanded his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, glory to God, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we're reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and by death sin, or by and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for all that have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but it was sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, and even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions, who is a figure of him that is to come. But now, not as the one offense, or not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through 
the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God, glory to God, and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it is by one that sins, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is to many unto justification. All right. Now, let me read verse 17, our key words. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. I've entitled this conclusive message, The Reigning as Kings in 2016. And I want to define exactly what that means. What does it mean to reign as kings? And, of course, you know, the Roman church was a very sophisticated church in that it was one of Paul's precious churches. But Paul also understood that the Roman Empire had a form of of, of elitism and excessive um, flamboyance and, and cultural customs that he had to remind them of what the core values are of Christianity and the distinctive uh, mark, which was the the, the power of the gospel. We are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of the gospel that saves us, that establishes us in our salvation, and this makes us superior because of our salvation. And that truly is the essence of our faith. The essence of our faith is that we please God, we act on what we believe, and our belief is in the power of of the gospel that saved us. The power of the gospel that saved us. And we act and believe in a, in a, in a superior um, dimension opposed to the ways of the world because we have faith. And here he introduces the term reigning and, he, and, of course, you know, we've been talking about in the overcoming way, overcoming the world, overcoming sin, and then overcoming by our faith. Why? Because that is what will mark us as true believers, as true people that are experiencing ultimately the system of God, the way God set up and established his his di- distinction, his differences, his dimension of grace. When you see the words grace and the kingdom of God, they are all um, they are all interlinked. Grace is a very powerful. We're going to talk on some grace again. We have great teachings on there. The dispensation of grace is a good uh, uh, refreshers course on uh, on grace, and you can go back and look in the archives for that. But in particular, when he's talking about grace here, he's talking about grace in light of the kingdom or the power of God that establishes the way of God over the ways of the world. And we we are justified. What does that mean? That means that we have been given the ability to stand legally in this understanding. 
to to be so affixed under these convictions that nothing by any means, by any method, uh, can, can, can alter the plan of God over our lives. And if you're not experiencing that transformative grace, then I question if you're really experiencing the grace of God. So reigning as kings, what exactly does that mean? Let's read a little more. Therefore, as by the offense of one, of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Justification of life then indicates to us that life was not justified until we came under that 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 release of that dispelling of this free gift. What was the free gift? The gift was being able to reign as kings in life by faith, to reign as kings on the earth. Let's keep reading. For as by one man's disobedience were many made sinners, by the obedience of one shall many be made, oh, here's the key word, righteous. If you're not experiencing the reign of righteousness in the in the life that you coined as Christianity, then I want you to rethink and to reform what the scripture depicts as your faith. Right? Now, it says, listen to this. Moreover, the law entered into the offense that might, and this is this is a repeat of verses, verses 12 through 21 is redundant. But it says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might the grace reign through righteousness. So listen, I want to, I, I didn't put this in the, in the, in the other recording. So if y'all ever hear the other recording, Lord help you. But, um, but listen, here's a key verse right there. Even so grace might reign through righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. Did y'all get that um, principle and that nugget that was in that word? Grace reigns through righteousness. So grace don't just cover, yes, it covers sin, but it covers it and cleanses and it conforms it into the very image of Christ. Grace is much more power than a cover-up. It's a transformative means to, to translate your life into what God wants you to be and what God wants you to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go a little deeper. So, and I want you to put that point there. When you hear uh, about your concepts of grace, grace did much more abound, and it, and, it, and it abounds so that we might reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. In other words, our eternal perspective on what we receive in the life of Jesus comes as a result of the grace of God being in full effect over our life. It is not just something that we say, okay, I messed up, and because I messed up, no, the consequences happening regardless of, 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 your, of your state of heart. Consequences come on the just and the unjust, and consequences are a result, are a result as the choices that you make. Can God supersede consequences? Absolutely. Does he often? Not often. But he can. 
and that's up to his his sovereign uh, sovereign will. But in the case that we might reign through righteousness into eternal life by Christ Jesus, it's going to be as a result of the grace of God that is on our life. And then it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So, when we're talking about reigning and establishing the kingdom or the way of God, the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace, and all of those are composites in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's the one that's been sent to guide us into the truth, to show us things to come, to speak and declare those things which Jesus won't reiterate it so that we can be confidently affirmed in who we are, what we have, and what we can do. Who are we? We are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What do we have? We've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness in the knowledge of him. And what, we, what can we do? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And if you are not embedded in those, 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 uh, those realities, then this teaching here on reigning is just a, a, a delusion. Having a form of godliness but denying the power. The power is the grace of God that's released on us that makes us reign through righteousness into eternal life. So what are we doing when we're talking about reigning? Number one, we are advancing the pursuit of righteous living. We are advancing the pursuit of righteous living. We're not creating theories that just don't work. We are saying, hey, when we, we are reigning in life, we are reigning in life as a result of righteousness. Know that ye, know ye not that many of us as we were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism into death, that like as Christ raised us up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So the life that is presented to us is new because it's the the grace of God that reigns through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. So we are we are advancing number one our pursuit to righteous living. What does that mean? We're living in the reality of our redemption, right? Redemption was the revelations of God's original idea that gives us a sense of freedom, a source of restoration, and positions of, um, to achieve divine righteousness. Redemption gives the foundation. Of, of what God's design was for the quality of life. It gives us divine dependence upon the things, upon God. In him we move, live, and have our being. It, it gives us divine identity. You are a royal priest, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. It gives us divine authority. Take up, um, it says, behold, I give you power to take up scorpions and snakes and to overcome all the power of the enemy. It gives you divine confidence with this mind being us, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then it also gives us divine character because the Holy Ghost has been shed abroad in our hearts. Glory to God. So that we can know that faith worketh by love. 
So it is God's intention for mankind to experience the life and the love that he has designed for us to achieve. Why? Because living, we are living in the reality of our redemption, and we are living in the ruling of the Holy Spirit. We are living in the ruling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God. It is the instrument in which God uses to communicate his convictions, his concepts for living, and his and our, and the power of our conversion over the world. The Holy Spirit is is the essence of God. And when we know the roles of the spirits and the rules that come as a result of being led by the spirit, then we will reign by the spirit. Therefore, therefore, now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God sent his son to condemn sin in the flesh that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Why? Because we, when we when we live spiritually, we're superior. <clears throat> so we're living in the reality of our redemption. We're living by the ruling of the Holy Spirit, and we're living as a as a, a real example to the world. Because faith without proof is faith. We need to know that God is real, and that God operates on a plane in which we can establish this great this great advantage. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Our second point is that we are abandoning the course of the world through denying the acceptance of sin, number one, as a norm. Number two, we are denying the acceptance of selfish ambitions. And we are, um, we are denying the acceptance of the stupidity of, of, of self-truth. You don't have your truth. You are dead with Christ. If we be dead with Christ, we believe. We also shall live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no dominion over us. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in him that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, this is what the scripture says, reckon yourselves, ye also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Christ through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members to obey as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Now let you know that there's another point. When you yield yourself to sin, you are an instrument of unrighteousness. That means anti-God. God is not involved. When you yield yourself unto sin, you have not abandoned Yourself from the course of the world By denying the acceptance of sin as a norm Because you yielded as an instrument of righteousness So you can't stand in the righteousness of God And continue to operate in sin It's, an, it's, 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 it's totally diabolical to your righteous standard 
We have to learn to maintain to raise our standard. If we be risen with Christ, seek those things above and not things on earth, for our life is here with Christ and God. We have to we have to remember there are things like religions and, and rules of conduct and restrictions and rights and resolves that come as a result of sin. But we are superior to those religions, rules of conduct, restrictions and rights and resolves by the reigning that we have learned through the life that comes as a result of the grace that has been shed abroad through us that we might be able to die and have dominion over sin. You have power over the devil. You have power over the ways of this world. That's why you no longer have to be conformed to it, but be transformed by the renewing. Why can we renew our mind? Because we have been justified by God's grace. We have been justified as that justification creates a royalty among us, a ruling, reigning force that is higher than the ways of the world. So our grace causes a standard of righteousness to be achieved in our lives, right? It says, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments as right of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. And I declare that over your life today as we declare the word of God. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but ye are under grace. So we are abandoning the courses of the world to denying the acceptance of sin as a norm, accepting selfish ambition because it's not about us, and accepting the stupidity of a self-truth because we don't have it. Thirdly, we are awakening depth in the reality of our sonship, right? That's what we're doing. What shall we say then? Shall we say because we are not under the law but under grace? Um, uh, shall we sin because we are not under the law? This is what the one of the preachers tried to introduce or one of the preachers of Atlanta that's coming up this year. Goes on, lady goes on national, uh, 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 national social media. Uh, shows that she's a drinker and a smoker and a cusser. And she says, I'm just letting you in my world. I purposely let you in because because I'm covered by grace. You just need to understand I'm going through the same thing you're going through, so it's acceptable. No, that's foolish. How can you serve as a leader? See, the purpose of the leader, let me tell you this. I wrote this on a quote the other day. You don't have to protect the leader. The purpose of a leader is for them to lead, point blank. That means they, they create the standard that doesn't exist. They serve as the model and the, the, the method and the mode which God has placed in the earth as the standard that people don't see so that they can comply to the, the, to the, to the qualities that they emit from their character conduct and their consistent walk before others. So when, when, when a leader does things that are contrary to what you know the scriptures tells you not to do, don't shy up and then make it seem like it's acceptable before God because they're covered by grace. Absolutely not. It is not their job to show you their humanity. It's their job to show you how God works through their humanity, through his divinity, through his divine power that translates them to stand and serve as the example, as a result of them having the grace of God. Don't let people distort the, the reality and the power of reigning in, in the grace of God. 
And the way that will happen is because they don't know who they are. You are a son of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. If you, it says, likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead, because Jesus died that we might have a right to, to this reality of righteousness, to this resolve that makes us different. We adapt to the nature of Christ, right? <clears throat> Since I speak after this matter because of men, because of the infirmity of the flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' service to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even now so yields your your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Oh, wait a minute. Holiness is still a requirement. What fruit had ye then in those things wherever now ye are ashamed? For in the end of those things is death. So you don't get up on no social media platform and create a, a sense of death. But now being made free from sin, you become servants to God, and you have fruit unto holiness, and the end, everlasting life. He fortifies it and says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So listen, we are adapting to the nature of Christ, and we can only do that through advancing our communication or state of prayer with God and supplication, which means we're pulling on that power that achieves that righteousness. We're pulling on that power that achieves holiness. Those, those attributes then empower us to, to sustain ourselves, to, um, to adapt to the nature of Christ, to advance to the state of prayer, and adapt to the life of, of, of the power of prayer through fasting. Right? Know ye not, brethren, speak to them that know, know the law, how that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. Do you get what I'm saying? And then it gives the example of the husband and the bride. But then by this by this time, and, and I love this argument. Oh, Lord, I, I can't go all up into this because this will take all day. But we got to go. Let's, 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 let's move on for time's sake. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And it, but, but again, it says, listen, for the one, uh, I love this example in the scripture. It says, know you not the law, right? But let's read verse 2 of chapter 7. It says, for the woman hath a husband bound bound by the law unto her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So if while the husband liveth, she be married into another man, shall she be called an adulteress? But if her husband be dead, she be freed from the law, so that she is she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, brethren, ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Why? Because we have we have adapted to His nature. We have advanced through the state of of the spirit of uh, state of prayer and supplication, and we have adapted to the life of prayer through fasting. Why have we done that? Because we're dead to the world. We're dead to the world. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Number four, we are abandoning the divisions among the saints. We are abandoning the divisions among the saints. 
Why? The Spirit of God has empowered us to get things right. And and this is one of the things I wanted to kind of uh, lead toward the conclusion. When God empowers and transforms your life, he is not only going to empower and transform your life to to um, advance just for your inward stability, but he's also going to cause you to be a light so that your outward abilities are also in line as well. And in this particular year, God is going to work on the relationships, the external relationships that often affect our inward focus because we have we have not really taken on this grace, this this reigning factor that brings it all together. Not only do we have the reality of our redemption, but we also have the reality of our reconciliation with God and the reflection on our reconciliation with God, how when we were sinners, Christ died for us. And we can also die for one another because we know what Christ did for us. <clears throat> that same love translates, and it abides in our heart because faith works by love. So when we awaken to this era of faith, one of the, the greatest things that is going to take place in the era is the relationships and the connections and the fellowships that we have. The fellowships that we have amongst one another. We're establishing healthy relationships. We're ex- educating ourselves on the ministry of reconciliation, and we're empowering the corporate anointing. See, there's an anointing that takes place. All glory to his name. There's an anointing that will take place as a result of coming together, as a result of of really honing in on this reigning in life because there's a lifestyle that comes with, with, um, with being empowered by God through his righteousness. And, 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 and awakening to this era of faith. So God often transformed these relationships where we focus on our family, our finances, finding space for kids and framing a legacy and finding ourselves with someone else in search of the great truths of eternal life. We have to look at things from an eternal perspective. My last point in our conclusive thoughts for this particular reign, what does this mean? When we reign as kings in 2016, we are reigning. Yes, 16 going to be sweet. It will be sweet when we implement the reality of the righteousness of God in Christ. When we, when, we, when we understand that the grace of God creates that reality of righteousness, and it makes it a, a, us acceptable, adaptable, and conforming to the ways of God versus the world. Hallelujah. So we, we are, fifthly, we are arising to an era of faith. And that's what sonship bursts out of us. That's what understanding, you know, eradicating divisions, awakening depth in our sonship and abandoning the course of the world and then um, uh, 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 advancing through the pursuit of righteousness living does. It awakens true faith, not faith to acquire things that just mean absolutely nothing at the end of the day. but faith that pleases God. So there's understandings that we have, three understandings. 
that we have, and you've heard me say this throughout time and throughout teaching, that one, we understand that faith must be understood as a law. The, the translation, of course, the word faith is not in here, but um, in chapters 5 through, uh, through 8, but we do know that the law of faith is revealed in this book, the faith unto salvation. Um, in addition, in chapter 10, of course, oh, well, let's go there right quick, because I, I don't want you to to, to think that this is a link, but we are, I, I, didn't, I was going to conclude in chapter 8, but I think we need to look at this as well. It says, listen, and I'm, I'm hurrying on because I got a few minutes and I'm not getting cut off because I want to finish this today. Now, listen, verse 12 says, Brethren, hearts desire and prayer of God for Israel that they might be saved. For I bear record that the, that the zeal of God um, but they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorance of God's righteousness, well, of course, which you know is a lot of through the grace of God, having their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So the, our own righteousness and the righteousness of God are different. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Doesn't that preach grace again? To everyone that what? Believeth. <laughs> Moses describing the righteousness which is from the law that man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith, this is the law of faith, which is of faith, speaketh on these wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend unto heaven, that they will bring Christ down from above, or shall say, descend unto the deep, unto the deep, that they may bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saying? The word is not thee even in thy mouth, and in thy heart that is the word of faith, which is the law of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. This is the law of faith. For with the heart the man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, so we see that faith is a law. Faith proceeds out of a heart to believe unto righteousness, and then as a result, it, it's a confession, and the word confession is loaded because it connotates your profession, your conduct, your convictions, and your commitment. So when we say confess with your mouth, and of course it starts out with a vocal declaration of your acknowledging Jesus as Lord, but when you say he's Lord, he's ruler, controller, sustainer, provider, he is the leader of your life. And if that, those forces be in, in the case of his lordship, Glory to God. Then, then, um, then you will know this law. The word I, I, God gave me an acronym for law. It is life's altering, law, life's altering way given by God's supreme standard. It's life's altering way. What the way that has been established for your life is the way you go. So the way that we go is by faith unto righteousness. But the righteousness which we, which is of faith, we speak on this ride. Right, because righteousness is a state of, ju uh, of justification that is allotted by grace as law, as superior law. So that's why it is the, is the faith. So we understand faith as law, and I'll be teaching more on faith this year. But we also understand faith as life. Living in God's light, in a God-like state, focusing on eternal matters. 
life, living in a God. And then we also understand that faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. So the understanding of faith is love is what is really going to translate us into reigning in life and reigning as kings in 2016. Of course, I'm out of time, but not out of content. But I do believe that that's a good roadmap for us to really kind of pursue this life, this quality of life. And we're going to do that in various teachings this year. Um, You know, in February, we're going to have the 28 days of glory, 28 minutes every day studying the Word of God together. It's going to be powerful. And I know you're going to get uh, get a jump start on you studying the Word of God. So every week we're going to be on. Get the teachings. You can already go back to the overcoming way, get caught up. It's three lessons each uh, section. So um, make certain that you get your notebook specifically for Urban Glory Campaign. You'll find that what you learn in two lessons, I'll say two lessons, you'll have more information than what you've been getting in a month of teaching sitting at a church on a regular basis because we're studying the Word of God systematically with with, with scriptural uh, quotes. And, of course, you know, we read three chapters today. Romans chapter five through chapter well chapter Romans five through ten chapters five through ten uh, is really the whole concept of of what it means to reign. But we also um, are going to and of course I did some quotations from Colossians and some other some other books of the Bible. But in in the future we're going to have a lot more um, teaching. So join us. Get your notebook. You'll need it. And know that I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do. Because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. And that's the force that causes us to reign. Yes, 2016 will be sweet. It is our sweet 16 for the saints. But it will only be sweet 16 when we're reigning in life by Jesus Christ. And we can only reign through faith. Amen. And um, that's what we've been talking about as far as the overcoming way. God bless you. Have a wonderful morning, go to a local church and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and continue to walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. We are in an era of faith, and you're going to hear me say that throughout the year. I do have a theme particular that I'm going to release at a particular partners meeting, and I'll give you information about that, and of course, we'll be sending some information to those who listen to us on a regular basis. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.